to the Eskenazi Health Here for You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. My name is Brian Van Bachlin with the Eskenazi Health Public Affairs team, and we have Shelly Fisher. Probably you might be among the most popular people in the whole health system, uh, and I'm not, and I'm just uh, because you come with dogs. You know? That's right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Brian. It's not me; it's the dogs. But when we see you coming, we know there's a dog, so you gotta gravitate towards you. So it's fantastic. And if I don't have a dog, then I'm a complete disappointment, and that's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're the manager of the animal assisted therapy, or manager of animal assisted therapy with Eskenazi Health's pet therapy program, and you're here to discuss. We've got big updates and big changes. You've hit the, the pet therapy pro has hit the big time here. So I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Please make the announcement <laughs> on the updates to the pet therapy program. Well, I think it's of great generosity that Robert and Gina Lakin have donated a million dollars to the pet therapy program, which is wonderful. Securing it for years and years and you know, I take this as not a light responsibility at all and really focusing on how we can then extend that reach to the community um, through education, research, um, the extension of care, um, and even the supplies like treats and, you know, that good stuff. As we sit right now with this donation and with from the Lakins, how, how, is, how is the program going to expand? Is there a roadmap? Is there a plan? Or, or are we still figuring that all out right now? Um, I think it's a little of each. I mean, I think we're always in progress. So uh, right now, the program, um, we, my goal is to extend it with research, um, really uh, fine-tuning like how we include dogs in the care um, and the best ways to do that. Also education. So educating kids. I mean, 51% of all bites, um, dog bites are child-related. So really... um, kind of fine-tuning that and educating the population of how to greet a dog, dog language, because dogs are always communicating to us. We're just really not picking up on it sometimes. So really advocating for them through our staff and then our also um, our volunteers. Um, obviously, the extension of care. So education of how we extend the care when the patients go home. Let's say you have a dog and you want to improve your range of motion. There are ways that we can increase our therapy, even at home, by including our dogs, um, which are our best friends and we have a lot of fun with. That is, that is, that's really great. I, we were, I was with you the other day and we had the puppies out and then we went up to, to see a patient. Um, and, and of course, yeah, it's the Robert and Gina Lakin uh, pet therapy uh, program here at Eskenazi Health. Um, so... Talk to us about like what we've learned about pet therapy and how, how we are incorporating it into our, our treatment program of patients. Because you know, when you think about it, you go to the hospital, it's medicine, but now they're, they're dogs, and, sure. and it's fantastic. Well, we, it's, there are several different levels that we can do this. So there is you know visiting patients, coming to their bedside, saying hi to them, letting them just distress a little bit, and kind of... Just a feel-good moment. Uh, another way is that we include the dogs in specific care for burn patients, um, stroke patients, even autistic patients at 38th Street. Um, being able to create that motivation 
and and the whole time still playing like the dogs are having fun playing and that's a really important piece of this whole entire program is that we are making sure the dogs are having just as much fun as humans and that takes a little bit of education um and then you know we do all sorts of things as in you know creating uh, dog walking challenges at for our employees we have puppy day for our employees um I would love to see it to expand into maybe having some bird therapy, as in having bird houses and feeders throughout our campus. I have some good ideas about that. <laughs> I'm those, winking at this point. Don't, no, those are so good. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that, especially with the bird feeders. And uh, as you see, my person, uh, my my parents have uh, hummingbird feeders, and it's one of they just. It's one of their most calming and pleasant things to do, and you, I kind of walk out and be like, "What's going on?" It's like I am watching the hummingbirds, right. just, and they and it it just works, and it's all of that stuff that just go and it just it's soothing, it's calming, it it's it's just good. Right. <laughs> There's been some research in Europe um, with dementia patients and also the inclusion of bird therapy, so I think that is something we can start tapping into as well. So I'm eager to do a lot of different angles. Um, promoting the animal-human bond and how we're, how we interact with them. I, I love that, uh, that. We need to come back to dogs, but I do love that we're that you're looking at, that we're looking at you know other opportunities and other avenues beyond just just dogs. Now back to dogs. Um, as as you mentioned, when I was with you the other day, we kind of we we went to see a patient, and it was kind of an impromptu thing, but I was just. I don't know if fascinated is the right word, but when we end, walked into that room and we got permission to bring the dog in and do the thing, the way that patient's mood just changed. He even said, I'm not a dog person, but then he got a puppy in his hands and like the look of love as they were looking down at each other. Is that, is that common or like how, how, how are dogs interacting with patients and, and how are they used for that? Right. So the inclusion of the dogs when we do visits like that, um, they provide this mind shift. Um, people are going through a lot of hard things here at the hospital. And when you introduce a dog into that setting, it, it can go either way. There's tears sometimes. There's laughter sometimes. There's conversation of their own dog. There's quietness sometimes. It just it kind of, you just kind of see what happens. No interaction is ever the exact same. And I get to kind of be um, just a spectator of that, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I kind of just let it be organic. And however it can kind of be beneficial mutually is what I want to create for every single encounter. How do dogs enter into the pet therapy program? I know the other day we had puppy day, yeah. but you said, uh, I think only one of those was on track to be an Eskenazi therapy dog. I know one I think was for the prosecutor's office yeah. or, so how, how does that process work? Well, so for the puppies, any type of socialization is great. Okay. And so that's why I bring them here. So the cars, you know, the cars in the garage, the different people, um, the different noises, the different smells, just exposing them in a positive manner is truly important for any dog. Um, and then just setting up them up for success. So I don't know that those dogs will ever be therapy dogs, but we're setting them up to, hey, we're setting you up so maybe you can do this and we're going to see if you like this kind of interaction. Because again, we want it to be mutually benefiting. So then I have other dogs that will come to me that um, are volunteer based. So it's a human and a dog. And they want to join the program. So I usually meet up with them, 
have a conversation about what their dog has been through, what their bond is like with their dog, what are their goals that they want to do with their dog, and then see if their dog enjoys that kind of interaction because sometimes they might not be on the same page, and that's okay. Um, it's just getting everybody kind of geared toward, you know, what this looks like. And so it's just an education piece. But from there, we usually have the dogs go through a CGC, so canine good, a canine good citizen. Um, then we come through the hospital and just do trial walks with no interaction at all. We just let the dogs see Eskenazi, let them get used to it, get comfortable, see the surroundings. We're not letting people touch them at that point. Um, and then about four or five times after they do that, then we'll do a therapy evaluation where we have them, or just we see how they are in certain situations, and then we can let them be where they want to be. Um, a lot of dogs obviously love the garden, mm -hmm. the Lisa K. Humpke Canine Therapy Garden, the first of its kind. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very proud of that. But they love it out there. And so that's where we always start. And then from there, we go to the lobby. Uh, we might head to Starbucks. Um, which, you know, Starbucks is always a popular place because the people there love to give pup cubs out, too. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, you did. <laughs> I, I, well, I can't imagine for a dog what those experiences would be like. Like, uh, you think of, for us, we ride elevators every day. Dogs don't. Yeah. Or even like the shiny, slippery floors yes. sometimes. All of that that, that has to kind of be maneuvered in right. a, and no one speaks the same language exactly. to, to reassure them. Um, are there particular breeds that are better served to become pet therapy dogs? You know, I'm always open to any dog mm -hmm. that wants to enjoy this type of environment. I will say Labradoodles are nice because they don't shed. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact that I have. Um, most Labradoodles don't shed. Um, but I am not like, I don't turn my nose up to any other dog. Um, it's always an open opportunity, a conversation to have. And then we go from there. So I'm never, like, we had um, a pity in the program for a while. Liza was her name. Um, and she was great. We were just, cause it's interesting you said, because we were kind of talking about that before you came in, about, because we thought maybe there was like a hypoallergenic thing with patients, and that's, that's how the dogs were selected, but apparently it's, yeah, it's and not. But. It's a conversation, too, with the patient when we walk into their room. I never want to leave hair on a bed that they don't want. So that's always a conversation. Hey, we have this dog. She's a lab. Would you like to say hi to Bonnie today? Or would you like to say hi to Charlie today? Um, we always put a blanket over the bed as well. Um, so we we definitely take it like very personally that we want to make sure that you know the dogs are, um, we keep things clean and um, you know, they all have their vaccinations and they have their certifications or evaluations that we look at. So so what does a, a therapy session entail? You touched on it a little bit a couple minutes ago, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, from the time you walk in the room, how long is the session approximately? What what does and doesn't happen maybe in those situations? Yeah. I mean, it can be different in every room. So for example, at the one we went into, you know, we were in there for probably, what, five to seven minutes? Yeah, maybe a little longer Maybe than ten that, minutes? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a basic time if we're going around doing interactions, just like, just visiting. Um, but if I have a dog that I'm including with a burn patient, um, it's about a half hour. But it's play. We're doing play. We're doing different things. So whether it's you know, them doing a puzzle. So I have a burn patient picking up treats and sticking it in a puzzle um, and then giving it to the dog. Um, 
that creates motivation. Or we switch it up to where the patient's going to walk a certain distance to give the dog a treat, also creating motivation. Um, so it can look differently, um, but we, for the most part, dogs are here for maybe an hour and a half at a time because they get really tired too. And again, I want it to be a mutually benefiting interaction. So making sure we keep that in line with what um, we want to see happening. Is there a way to gauge how aware the dogs are to what they are actually doing in a, I mean, not in a medical sense, but in a therapeutic sense, or are they just meeting a new person, butt wiggling and, and all of that stuff? Well, I think it's their body language tells us mm-hmm. a lot. And it's small little things about body language too. So I encourage people to really check out body their dog's body language. So find out when your dog is really, really happy, what do they look like? When your dog is kind of nervous, take note of what their body looks like, what their face looks like, what their stance looks like. And then really start tuning into that piece of it. Like I have Sally, who's coming tomorrow. She is a golden doodle. Um, You can always tell when she's getting a little bit tired because when she comes to the hospital, her tail is happily wagging and she's ready to go. But as the hour continues on, that tail drifts downward, downward, downward to where she's getting tired. And so we have to also make sure that we're responding to that because that, again, builds that bond between that human and um, between the handler and the dog. How many therapy dogs do we have? I, it seems like you've got, uh, you, I'm you've got current and you've I'm got growing. Uh, backups. And uh, uh, it, it, how, how, how vast is this, is this team right now? Well, we have um, 18 on staff, and mm-hmm. then the other ones are coming along. Um, I work with a, um, two trainers, um, Indy Canine Services. They help me do the evaluations. And then also the therapy um, evaluations as well. So the CGC and the therapy evaluations that they assist me with. Um, so we have a lineup going on. I just talked to her this afternoon. She has three lined up already. Um, and again, these are evaluations. So they're conversations. And if anything, we're increasing that animal-human bond for that pet, for that dog and the owner. So I am excited about those interactions. Even if they don't become therapy dogs, that's okay. What would be a benefit for someone to explore having their dog go through the therapy dog training and process to that. Even if they don't end up becoming a therapy mm-hmm. dog, I would think there would be some behavioral issues that can be addressed. Absolutely. Um, well, for instance, we had a physician who would like to bring his dog onto the program today. And he said he was amazed at like what he learned through just taking his dog through certain classes about his dog, um, who's nine months old. And um, like her tail wagging or, you know, like having them be able to sit and stay or the attention piece of it. So sometimes dogs can be reactive on leashes. And so how do we help them get through those moments? And it does. It's more of a marathon than a sprint. And so you can't really take it lightly because that is something that you really have to work on. And Emily and Chandler are really great about focusing in on those pieces and really helping um, humans Um, communicate with their dogs much better. So, I mean, it can be a gamut of of things. It just depends on what they're needing and kind of what they're looking for. We have Shelly Fisher in here to talk to us about the the now Robert and Gina Lakin pet therapy program at Eskenazi Health. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah. um, How about, because we talk about, you know, if a dog might go through an hour is what they're in and kind of watch. So, is there a guesstimation about how many 
uh, sessions do we do a month, a year? How, how often are, are pet therapy dogs in with patients? So, um, I mean, I have at least four or five dogs here um, during a week, sometimes more than that. And then I have puppy days too. So it just depends on, it's a volunteer base. So I don't require my volunteers to be here every week because it's a volunteer base. I mean, they're first spending the time of getting their dog to be where they are, and they obviously care great, a great deal about this dog, and then they want to share it with people. So I feel like that is a gift that they want to give, and so I'm not demanding this gift to continue like every certain, every, you know, so many times a week. Um, so my volunteers come when they can, is basically what I say, and and it's lovely how they just kind of chime in or text me and say, hey, Shelly, I'm available. How can I help? And they're ready to go. So it's a very free-flowing conversation. And most of my volunteers become my friends. And then All do of them, actually. Are the volunteers also the ones who are going into the patient rooms? Or when they get here, do they kind of hand the leash off to you and you nope, do they, the things? They are going into the patient rooms. So when they first start the program... I spend a lot of time with them, just talking with them. Um, but when we have the one-on-one situations or interactions with our patients, I kind of lead those sessions just because I am kind of aware of what the patient is needing to get out of the um, interaction and then also the dog, wanting that dog to have the best interaction possible. Um, but again, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful kind of family program that we're creating. And I'm so happy that Robert and Gina um, want to kind of take part of that, it, actually it, really take part of that. <laughs> it's it, it's I, I would assume they, they have kind of put down a little bit of their vision for what, you know, would like to, you know, what they would like to see that donation uh, be used for. How does someone um, get involved? How, how, can, how, how can someone become a volunteer of the pet therapy, pro- of the Robert and Gina Lakin pet therapy program? <laughs> like the sound of that. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it sounds like sustainability to me. Um, I mean, there's several different ways. Um, you can always email me. Um, there's also ways to look on our Eskenazi uh, page. We have a pet therapy page as well that has my information on there as well. Um, and then, you know, you can always call the hospital operator too. She usually gets a hold of me. <laughs> There's several different avenues, I feel like. So, um, but feel feel free if you have questions about it to give me a call, to email me, to reach out on the website. I mean, I would love to have the conversation. And to do that through the website, go to eskenazihealth.edu. At the search, just punch in pet therapy, and it'll it'll be right there at the top. Easiest way to do it. Um, so you talk about uh, so our our dogs. Is it a package deal? You have to volunteer as a human to be able to have your dog engaged, or do you have any dogs that their their humans are not necessarily interested in being volunteers, but they would like the dog to be part of the program? And sometimes I've had that in the past where I've worked with um, uh, Gaia, who was a uh, she was a barbe. She is a barbe. Wonderful dog. Um, it's a French water dog, by the way. Ooh la la. <laughs> she was wonderful and. Um, I got to know her about six months prior to doing the evaluation piece of it, and then we were able to have her come in with me. Um, I don't see that as much just because I want to make sure that that communication is really strong between the human and the ha- and the dog. So that's kind of why I really kind of set forth that we have the human and the dog be a team combo. 
Fantastic. Is there anything that we have not touched on yet? I mean, we can talk about the cuteness of dogs all day long, but is there anything that we, we haven't hit on that you want to make sure we get in here? I mean, not as much. Just, you know, continue to explore your dog and that bond that you have with them um, because it's these they're such unique beings. Mm-hmm. And just to take really kind of note of how they see the world and um, it can kind of give us that uh, piece too. I think I include them in mental health groups a lot of times. And so I talk about, again, dog body language. So again, the shake off. So when you see a dog shake off, it's usually because they have bumped into something that they're unsure of or they don't know what to do. So I just, I like to challenge everybody to ask yourself, like, what's your shake off today? And then how do you get through that? Appreciate you coming in to talk to us Thanks. about this. And I, uh, it's the Robert and Gina Lakin Pet Therapy Program at Eskenazi Health. Uh, we are so grateful to have uh, them involved with the program. Uh, and, of course, EskenaziHealth.edu. Uh, search Pet Therapy if you want some more information or to get contact information on how to become a part of the program. I want to thank Julianne for helping us out today. You can hear all of our previous episodes at SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and uh, Spotify. And you can find us on all the social uh, channels, Twitter, Instagram, X, or X Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it's called these days. Um, but uh, and uh, So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we will be talking with you next time on the Eskenazi Health here for your podcast.